Welcome to House Party, a podcast where home and pop culture collide coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. Rachel, have you seen The Dropout or are you curious about like the Elizabeth Holmes, Sonny Balwani? 100,000% yes. Theranos situation. I am Mm. enthralled. Um, I... So I haven't started the dropout yet. It's on my list. I did watch the 2020 special on Friday night because I'm 84 years old and that's what I did with my time. Um, and I went down a very, very deep rabbit hole of Googling all the things. Like everything I saw, I Googled and then that led to another Google. Um, I voraciously read all their text messages to that's, each other. Yeah, they released those. I haven't read those yet. But oh, they're, they're like, good. They're very like intimate, right? Like, uh, is there- yeah. Is there, the, like, incriminating the, stuff? There's just some s- sick stuff. Oh. There's some oh, w- some wacky stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's a good read, I gotta say. Well, and then, but so so I started, I, so I watched, because um, they released the first three episodes of The Dropout, which is, right. like, the dramatization of the podcast, The Dropout, that came out in 20... 19 I think it was Mm -hmm. it stars Amanda Seyfried as Elizabeth Holmes um good casting I think good let me tell you good casting like the 2020 special interviewed they interviewed her um about like what she had to do to get into the you know the headspace of Elizabeth mm -hmm. Holmes and also how she tried to nail the voice yeah the voice uh she said that she just she listened over and over again to like Elizabeth's um I think it was her deposition mm-hmm. and I just it's I can't imagine doing that that would make my brain break I know uh, but yeah I, I mean I thought it was really good casting but at the same time it's kind of like impossible to even nail the well, weirdness of Elizabeth's voice it is because people are like oh is it put on or is it like is that actually how she taught like does it's there's a whole debate around her voice and so it's interesting to see how she does it in the show mm-hmm. um when are, are you gonna watch you're, you're gonna watch oh yeah show. i just yeah. honestly i I've, i don't like waiting for episodes anymore i want <laughs> you instant you gratification and so i knew that if i started and then i'd get through three and then, then i'd be very angry to have to wait a week for another one so and also you're in the throes of The Bachelor and <laughs> which is turning out to be truly the most dramatic season ever. <laughs> there are more pressing issues including And you... Love is Blind. I finished Love is Blind. Oh, we could. <laughs> Let's do um, a, a paid Patreon episode just about Love is Blind. <laughs> nothing to do with real estate, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm well in fact I uh consulted with one of our other editors because Elizabeth Holmes and Sunny Balwani live in the Bay Area mm-hmm. and I wanted to find their houses. Did um, we? Did you? No luck so far. Well, because we did. What? Didn't we write about her place in San Francisco? Yeah. On News but and Insights? We did, but she... I'm not sure if she has another place with uh, her new... Her baby daddy is her baby she daddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, she had or a baby she... before the trial, right? And there was speculation that she did it for sympathy. Oh my god, <gasps> I love it! I love it. The trial, the trial of Elizabeth Holmes, and the trial of Sunny Balwani, which is starting today, which is Wednesday. Um, 
are all happening like a block away from my apartment. And I really kind of want to walk down there and if you didn't have more pressing things to do, like record an episode <laughs> of House Party, you could walk on down to the courthouse. Okay. I could I could record live from there. I'm on Sunny Watch. <laughs> on the scene. Um, um but yeah, well, we're I'm watching a lot of things. I think you are too. We're we're backed up. <laughs> we're backed up. Um <laughs> so, <laughs> We are. We have a lot of things to watch, but one of the shows that we wanted to make a point to watch is HGTV's new show called Fix My Flip. Yeah, this is a new show. And while it doesn't sound like the concept just from the title alone doesn't sound new, it's a really interesting idea for a show. Um, And I'm really glad that we got to talk to the host and executive producer slash creator, Paige Turner. Um, We have an interview with her coming up right now like next uh (laughs) spoiler alert we're gonna hear from Paige all about fix my flip um but yeah it's it's kind of like flip or flop meets shark tank because she comes in she works with homeowners who have gotten themselves in too deep on Mm -hmm. a flip uh and then she actually offers some of her own money in um you know, I'll give you 15 K if you give me 20, 30% of the purchase price, um, profits. Yeah. So it's kind of, and then the, the owner gets to decide if they want to do that or not. And then if they do Paige comes in with her team and they reconfigure, they, they, you know, fix some things that would make buyers go, huh? Um, so I'm, I, I liked it. You liked yeah. it too, right? I, I liked it. I liked, um, I liked the shark tank aspect of it because as you know i i appreciate shark tank you um miss mr wonderful i liked that not only does she give her offer and say i'll give you this much of my own money for the profits but that they have the ability to come back and negotiate which they do in the premiere Mm -hmm. episode they say "Eh, you're asking for too much we don't like that so what, what do you say to this um so there's that uh that kind of tense negotiation yeah. part of it um and it also breaks the mold of of most other shows in that uh she's working on houses all throughout the los angeles southern california area so it's yes. not just orange county it's not just nashville as her show was and before it's you know they start out with a mountain cabin in lake arrowhead and then maybe i think she said that she does a you know a 100 year old house in koreatown mm-hmm. so yeah, I like how it's kind of like if you're a true design lover, true architecture head, like you get a little you get satisfied like by all the different types of properties as opposed to just like yeah, a single family, two story built in the 1970s. Not no offense to single family two stories built in the 1970s, but mm-hmm. it's yeah, there is a good variety. Um so we saw the first episode, we got to chat with Paige and uh, I truly, I know I, we always say this, but I'm truly s- s- speaking from the heart when I say that I will be watching mm-hmm. the rest of the season. Plus, she's just, she's fun to watch. She's got a, uh, she's yeah. got Moxie. So she does have Moxie. She's very, she knows what she's talking about. She's been in the industry for like two decades, I think she said. And um, yeah, so please enjoy our interview with Paige Turner. 
We now have with us Paige Turner. You may recognize Paige from Flipper Flop Nashville, which she co-starred in with her ex, Deron Jenkins. And now she's back on her screen. She's back in California and she's doing a solo show called Fix My Flip. Paige, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, ladies, for having me on the house party. I appreciate it. <laughs> Let's party. Let's yes. talk about houses. Um, Paige, fix my. Oh, sorry. I was no. You uh, go ahead. I, we're like so excited to get into it. I was just gonna say that fix my flip. Um, it's the concept is fantastic, and it's more than just you going in and helping homeowners fix the house that they're trying to flip. There, it's kind of like. There's a, there's a bit of a shark tank element to it. And, or at least in the episode that we saw, um, is that how it is for every episode where you come in and offer a certain percentage of, um, of, of the purchase price? Well, yes. So what I'm doing is I'm offering to invest in the property depending right. on what they need. And every episode has really tense negotiations. Like <laughs> even watching it back, I'm like, ah, what's going to happen? So it gets very tense and emotional. Um, the first episode that we saw you work with, uh, or, or the episode that we that we got a sneak peek with, um, you work with homeowners in Lake Arrowhead, which is just outside of Los Angeles. It's like the most adorable like vacation, but also like living town. Um, and you offer the homeowners fifteen thousand um, dollars of money to renovate the place for 30% of the purchase price. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's interesting to kind of see like how they go back and like go over the numbers and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was that, was that interesting to like, see, to kind of have that thrown in the mix? Well, yes, because, you know, especially, you know, the real talk is that it's on camera and it's real life. So we don't go in, you know, and have, I don't have any side conversations about what the negotiation is going to look like, because I honestly, I don't know. We really wanted, even though I'm an executive producer and co-creator of the show, we wanted to keep an element of realness and surprise. So I was kept outside, but too, I was able to walk the property. So this was a real live, so to speak, negotiation process. So after I walked the property with those flippers, the homeowners, I was like, you know what, this would be something I can invest in and you guys are out of money. So I can bring money and a plan because what I'm seeing right now is not a plan and it's about to be a disaster, which is why you called me in. Totally. Yeah. It's, I, I like that there's like an element of realness and it's not like, you know, reality, quote unquote, reality TV. Like it actually is reality TV. It's real. I was stressed TV. the whole yeah, time. Yeah. I, love <laughs> I like that. that you don't mince words either. This particular episode with this pair, it was the mother daughter pair, right? that were renovating this home. It was their second house that they were attempting to flip and they had not made a profit on their first one. So they called you in for help and thank God that they did because I just, I don't know about you, but I was a little bit, um, what's the word horrified. (laughs) They had gotten so far into it and spent so much and it seemed like nothing was done. So how do you handle those situations with, with grace and diplomacy? Well, is, did you think I handled it like that? Did you mm-hmm. see? Crazy you were very, very polite, but also were like, you had ladies, you have work on your hands. Yeah. 100%. You, you towed the line. I liked it. Well, 
Um, well, first of all, thank you. My mother would be very pleased to hear that because my whole family except me is Canadian. So she'll be glad to know that I'm, I'm polite. I'm a polite American. And um, so, you know, I do that in my business anyway. So if you've called me in, I'm going to tell you the truth with some diplomacy, some grace, but facts are facts. If you saw, we had to tear down a wall that they just put up. That wasn't easy for me to tell them that, but you know, number one, if they want my help, I have to be honest. And if I'm going to invest in something, I'm not going to invest in it if I can't do just about all that I need to do. Yeah. It's your money too, at the end of the day. Correct. Uh, yeah. Putting up the wall was a really strange decision. <laughs> they made a, a few strange decisions in that house. Well, their contractor was not happy. When... <laughs> oh yeah. I was going to ask you about that because they had a contractor that they were working with. And then once they decide to bring you in to like fix the flip, you bring in your team, which includes a contractor and an interior designer. And was there tension there? There was a lot of tension. And what ends up happening is, so this is the real side of both sides of the camera. I come in and I immediately say, I want to meet your contractor. This is real life too. I'm not here to take anybody's job. I'm here to help you. You guys are the bosses. This is your flip. This is your money. And I need to fix this flip, right? I want to meet your contractor. Yes, I have a team. I have my own licensed contractor that will be here, but it's to work in tandem, to parallel with your, with your current contractor, not to take his job and take his place. Now, here's where the challenge comes in. Is that contractor going to be okay with that? Because we all know how ego driven they are. <laughs> or are they going to fold and peace out? And every episode is different. We have contractors who won't even show up. Like literally, like oh. even the cameras aren't there, right? We have so many different variations. And we have contractors who show up and who are superheroes. Mm. So you see just the gamut of humanism and professionalism <laughs> come through, you know? And with that particular case, um, we were still working with the contractor. You know, he okay, didn't have yeah. on camera, which is fine. Um, but Mitch, he kind of led the way with which direction to go. And yeah. thankfully, the contractor yielded and worked with us to get it done. He had a lot of like problem solving solutions too. Mitch did when he came in. Yeah. Mitch is brilliant. Yeah. He, he just with the, 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 space that you, that you had to work with, with the kitchen was very tight and yeah. figuring out, you know, you, you need to knock down this wall because no one wants to see a wall when they walk into a place, exactly. but then you need to put the fridges, the fridge somewhere you need to. Yeah. It's, it was, it was very smart the way you guys ended up, ended up designing the whole thing. Thank you. That was a great episode. Yeah. It's just pretty cute too. Natalie and I were talking about that. <laughs> His cute accent. <laughs> <laughs> She said he can flip my house. (laughs) I think the world is going to say that, you guys. If anything, the show's going to win because we have Mitch. And he is that eyes and ears. His his Aussie accent is so cute. He's so polite. Like, he is the nicest soul. And so is his wife. Mm. (laughs) Okay. He had to slide that one in there. (laughs) On the planet. They, you know, and he's, he's really a magician with his woodwork. So, like, that... That built-in bench and nook that you saw, mm-hmm. he built it, you guys, no lie, in one hour. Okay. That, when I see stuff like that on HGTV, I'm just like, 
come to my, cause that's exactly what I was trying to do in my like eating area. But of course, like it never happened. I couldn't even <laughs> attempt. They're just, they're just so talented. And so yeah, he is, yeah. he is amazing. I'm so glad to have him on the team. Yeah. We were also talking about Francesca, your designer. Um, mm-hmm. We both love her aesthetic. So I, I don't know if there's anything you can tell us about her and do you work with both Mitch and Francesca in every episode or do you have a revolving team? No, no, they are staple. Um, There are a few episodes that turn left. So you'll see some changes and it's not because of the team and I, it's because of the flippers. So the question is, do all the flippers finish? Oh, Oh. but they are my plot twist plot twist. Got it. Let me tell you, Francesca is so brilliant with her staging and she is just Mm -hmm. so daring and out there. I have to hold my breath sometimes like, are you (laughs) sure? And she's like, trust me. I'm like, whew. All right, girl, I trust you. So refreshing not to see modern farmhouse in this design. I have to tell you, Natalie and I were both very appreciative that it was a a very different look. It was very unique. Yeah, Yeah. it was really nice to not see like the classic subway tile. And I won't, you know, I'm sick of it. We are as viewers are are too. You know, (laughs) the grays, the whites, you're not going to see that on this show. Now we have to remember that on Fix My Flip, it's not a complete page turner takeover because the flippers still do own the house. Mm. So I'm very respectful of, because there's one house, they had their design set before I got there. They just had no idea what to do with the layout of a hundred year old craftsman that they paid over a million dollars for. Okay, wait, can we switch gears a little bit and talk about, um, you're going to be on the upcoming episode of Rock the Block, which we love, and you are appearing as a guest judge. Um, we've been recapping season three and so far it's been fun. It's, it's been exciting to see what all these designers do. Um, how was that experience different from what you do on your show? Now I did have Alice and Victoria with me from Windy City flip. And so that was crazy because we're two completely different people, mm. two different personalities like this, Woo! but we meshed so well. I can see you two getting along or did you No, I can see because we we love Allison we we love how outspoken she is how she doesn't stand for the bullshit she knows she'll like get in there she'll she'll get her hands dirty she'll get it done she has Um, a filter so imagine (laughs) Paige with a filter the sticker shock I had walking side by side with her through some of these. I was like, oh, oh God. I, was <laughs> I can't wait to hear what she says about some of the, the designs. <laughs> Truly. Yeah, that was fun. But Rock the Block 3 is, woo. Yeah, the competition's heating up. We, um, we kind of have a prediction on who's going to win, but I feel like with, with a few more rooms to go, it'll, it'll, it'll be, it's going to be a battle for sure. <laughs> have, you, have you voiced it? Have we voiced who, who do we, I don't think, I mean, if I had to guess, I would say Egypt and Mike. I think it's Egypt and Mike. I think I thought it was Allison it. last season and she didn't win. So yeah, Actually, I think I didn't think it was Allison. You didn't think it was Allison. She wasn't following the rules. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hot take. Who did you, did you peg it for, um, Mika? I thought Mika and Mika and Brian were going to win because they were building they were, they were renovating these properties according to what the market is calling for and according to the rules, which is increasing value. Mm-hmm. So the problem when you get these designers designing against one another, and this is why I think Egypt or Jenny's team 
are going to be neck and neck because they are designing from a designer standpoint and a broker standpoint right? Yeah. from the market. And so me coming in, like, let's say with fix my flip, I'm teaching these flippers. Number one, you have to think like a buyer while you're renovating as a seller and an owner, totally. because you're not buying this house. A buyer is. So mm-hmm. if you over renovate for the market, you're going to lose mar- money, but buyers are savvy in 2022. They all think they're agents, you know, because of the internet, right? So they're going to come in and say, they're selling this house. I don't care where you are in the country or what kind of seller market, you know, seller's market we're having across the country. They're going to come in and say, oh, you did black, black with white subway tile and you want to charge me top dollar. No, I'm moving on. You right, know, right. so I feel like it's going to be a toss up between those two because everybody else is designing from the heart. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> They sure are. It's not about what you want. It's about what the client wants. God bless them. Um, That's a good segue, Paige. If sellers should focus on one room or one space or one home improvement before selling, what would it be? Of course, the kitchen and then the main bathroom. Even if it's half the main bathroom, meaning... Uh, you know, tile and everything is so expensive, really labor now, labor's out of control, right? Mm-hmm. We all know that materials have gone up, but you know, subs are smart. They're like, well, if materials are going up, so is our labor cost. So, mm-hmm. but if you, you can change a fixture in a main bathroom, right? Add some brighter light bulbs, mm-hmm. you know, take down, you know, depersonalize it and put up some cool art pieces from home goods that are inexpensive Yeah, and, and paint it yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's done. So I think that would be my half of the one and a half. And then the kitchen, you know, do what you can money wise in the kitchen to, you know, just make it better and pretty. To modernize. Yeah. Yeah. Swap out the cabinets, swap out the yeah. fixtures. At least, like at that. least try to paint them. I hate a painted cabinet, but you have mm. to use, you have to use what you have. Otherwise price it to sell, get out of it and move on. I want to go back to the genesis of fix my flip and you, you were in Nashville. You were in my hometown. Uh, what brought you from Nashville out to California and to uh, work on this show? Well, guess what? I am from Los Angeles, born and raised. So I have been right here in the Fairfax district. I grew up right on, around Fairfax and Olympic um, my whole life. You know, um, I used to sneak down to Venice. I wasn't allowed to go down there without my mom, but I would sneak down on the Pico bus. Yes. (laughs) Well, so when I was um, about 27, I found myself with three babies all under the ages of four at the time. And I said, I can't afford LA the way Mm -hmm. I grew up. So I said, I have to find a better way to live with these children. And I packed up in a long story, but I found Nashville. And my baby, my myself and my babies in tote, we just journeyed to Nashville in a U-Haul with my Jeep Cherokee attached, just the four of us. And we moved into a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house, 1,200 square feet for $650 a month. Oh, wow. Ooh, a house. And yeah. I was living in the Valley in an apartment for 1,300 at the time. And this is back in 2000. That was a mm-hmm. lot of money. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be poor with these kids if I stay out here. So mm-hmm. I found Nashville and I always tell people Nashville raised me as a woman. Cause I got there when I was 27. I, I get teary eyed every time I think about it. I left when I was 47. Oh, okay. About it. <laughs> I think I'm also emotional because this show is happening tomorrow and I'm yes. at home in LA and it's like, 
full circle. I raised my babies, not a diamond child support. And it is a huge came back. This is know? kind of like the peak it feels and what you've been climbing toward. Yeah. You guys are my last interview of the day. So I think I'm, <laughs> you guys get all of this now. You know? Feel free. Unload. <laughs> Unleash. Really emotional, you know? Catharsis. Yeah. No, it's, it makes so, so much sense. So, you know, I found myself in, um, just in 2019, right before the pandemic, of course, all my baby said, uh, my last one, I graduated from college. And I said, they're all off on their own in different states. And I raised them in a small, well, Nashville's big now, but like a nice small hometown feel. But I raised them to be big city girls. Mm -hmm. So I knew they weren't going to come back until it was family time. Because as you know, Rachel, Nashville's a great family city. Mm. But for a nice single sister, not so much, you know. It is not. (laughs) I can attest. You know, right, exactly. So I said, you know what? It's time to go back home. Plus, flip or flop Nashville had transitioned. Um, into non-existence. So I said, <laughs> let's just go back home. You know, yeah. I realized when they were off my payroll after they graduated that I made much more money than I thought. So I could afford LA now <laughs> because they were nice. gone. Nice. And then this opportunity came back around. It's like the craziest full circle ever. But I always say, sorry about all that, that Nashville raised me as a woman and I love Nashville. And, and I still say I have to go home. So I have two homes. I, as do I, I mean, California is home for me now, but yeah, Nashville is always my, my first home. The idea for Fix My Flip, as Natalie and I said, it's really unique. It's this flipper flop meets shark tank type of thing. How did, did you come up with that or did the opportunity kind of present itself to you? Well, my business partner, who's my production partner, Freddie Bell and I, when the other show, um, when we transit, when I transitioned from the other show, a lot of people were sending me shows, right? And None of them were just hitting and fitting me. And so one day we sat down, I said, you know what, Freddie, why don't we just create a show? Because we know me best, you know, mm-hmm. so let's just try it. So we created it, we put it on a deck, and then I had an opportunity to pitch it to HGTV and they went, okay, let's do it. I went, what? I'm back. And it was that, you know, it was taking a chance. It was saying, I know myself best, so let me try to build my own table, as they say. And, and it worked. And now here we are. Now we had to flush a lot of it out. It came out. Oh, it's so amazing. You know, one paper is one thing, but when you start filming day one, I was like, so what are we doing y'all? You know, (laughs) they're like, we're going to figure it out as we go. So by the end of like the, you know, filming the first couple of weeks, we were like, we got it. This is really good because what, what I love about the end of it, you guys, is that one thing I know in life is one of the hardest things to do is ask for help. Yeah. And Amen. <laughs> and, as, and as a realtor, I was a HUD listing agent for 10 years. Oh, wow. Those are people that didn't know how. Yeah. Couldn't because of pride and ego ask for help. Yeah. They didn't know that banks would work with you. Right. You know, I mean, sometimes it ends, but you know, um, and, and it was too late. So by the time as a HUD listing agent, by the time I got the house, the people were long gone, but I admire and respect people so much. who say I'm in a hole. I need to stop digging and I need help mm-hmm. as adults. And I look back now, like, wow, I was for real, for real, like in reality, real world, able to help people in these flips. And yeah. that's what blesses me about the, the whole series, because I get to teach the audience what not to do, what to do. And my hope is that they will learn something from, because there's something different to learn from every episode because every episode is intense Mm -hmm. and you'll be like, what are they doing? You know? And then, but the end 
is a beautiful reveal and uh, they did it. Yeah. And they did it as a team. And it's not all about Paige. It's about look at what you can do when you just have a little bit of help. Right. Mm -hmm. Just bring in, bring in that professional. Yeah. Even though you have to pay me. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And you're all over the Los Angeles area, right? Oh my God. And how cool is this? We're not pigeonholed just to one area of LA or one county. We're from, Mm -hmm. like you saw, Lake Arrowhead to Koreatown to Tahunga to Santa Clarita. I mean, that's cool. We are all over the map. And that's what I love about this experience as well, showing all of LA. I like that because you get like the lake house up in Lake Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Then you can have like a super like urban downtown feel place in K Town or yeah. Beach like, Bungalow. Yeah. yeah suburban yeah. ranch style. Yeah. And Santa Clarita. Like it's gonna be, it's it's gonna be more than just the same type of house every single time. Right. So I like I'm like the one in Koreatown is a hundred year old craftsman. You know, so you go from oh, this mountain wow. cottage to a hundred year old craftsman or just a I love that traditional house in Simi Valley, you know, mm-hmm. but still it's like, what do I do with this old house that has nothing to save, you know? So it's every house is completely different and every area is so different. And I love bringing that kind of diverse yeah. housing community t- together on this show. I love that. I love that it's breaking the formula. But here on Fix My Flip, we are showcasing everybody and every. Cause LA is so cool. You mm-hmm. know, we have so many different types of South and then the areas come with this history, you mm-hmm. know, and it's not, maybe not always be the best history, but it grows into something new because our markets are gentrifying and there's just so much life breathed into these outer, you know, laying uh, areas that would have never gotten shown on a national television show. Totally. And, you know, bring that to light because they're really cool areas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah. And now people get to see like, Oh, you know, that's, as an LA, as a person who probably wants to buy an LA someday. Yeah. <laughs> there is more than just Santa Monica and Venice where I live. <laughs> Can you tell us Paige without spoiling anything? What was the biggest mistake you saw home flippers make, or one of the most maybe horrifying things that you saw along your travels? Absolutely horrifying. And you guys won't believe these episodes. Just stay tuned in. <laughs> I gave the plan. I gave the projected return on investment. I gave them everything they needed. And they said, thank you. But no, thank you. We're going to stick to the plan. And that's how the episode ends? I don't know. Well, I mean, I do. (laughs) I don't want to lie. We don't know yet. I love that. (laughs) You're going to have to tune in because to this, look at, you can't tell, but I am I get flustered when I think about it. Oh, cause you're just oh. like, they're leaving money on the table. It's like right there. Oh, yeah. And you know what that means to me? That means to me that you are willing to sacrifice part of your legacy because mm-hmm. of pride and ego. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't tell you too much, but <laughs> find out what the because is. You're going to be like, you're going to flip. You guys call me and email me when you see um, the last two episodes, I think it is. You're oh going to flip your tables and say lies, <laughs> lies. We're going to be screaming. At you the are. TV. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> I love okay. how you're like, you're like, I came in with a plan. I gave it to you. And yet <laughs> you said no. Well, first you said yes, but then you went home and slept on it. And e- ego and pride is something else. Right. Um, and who, who knows who they talked to, to maybe, you know, who was influencing their decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I can't wait to see that one. We're going to call you back on after, after the show airs. Oh my God. We're going to, the three of us will have so much fun talking about the after show. Last two. Oh yeah. Yes. We're going to have fun. 
Let's You're not gonna yes. believe it. I promise you. It's gonna let's be- make a date and we want all the, the behind the scenes scoop. I'm gonna give it all to you. Then I will. <laughs> Tell all you right. Yeah. After we've all, after the secrets have all are all out. Yeah. Yes. Then, we, then we want to like digest the secrets. Absolutely. Yes. I'll be right here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fix My Flip is a six episode series. It premieres Thursday, March 10th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And thank you, Paige, so thank much you. for being here. This was fantastic. Thank you both so much. I had so much fun with you guys. Thank you for taking on my emotional breakdown. <laughs> Anytime. I can't tell you how many times Natalie and I have cried over Zoom meetings together. So. <laughs> I'm going to go out and get some fresh air now and um, <laughs> really enjoy that. Yes, Thursday, March 10th is the premiere of Fix My Flip on HGTV. And I'm so excited. Thank you guys so much for having me. And Discovery you. Plus, right? Discovery Plus too, that app. You can stream on Discovery Plus. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Paige. <laughs> So cool. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you so so nice to meet you. Thank you. You guys too. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. It's now time for winners and losers. This is the segment of our show when we talk about celebrities and we choose one winner and one loser. And these names are, or these titles are given these awards are given based on real estate decisions that they make. Uh, so we're going to start with our loser, as we always do. Our losers. <laughs> just losers. Like last week. Losers. <laughs> uh, are Michelle Pfeiffer and David E. Kelly. For selling their Pacific Palisades mansion at a loss. This one is interesting. It was kind of the case of the fixer-upper that they decided they just didn't want to deal with. Um, so they originally purchased this home in gorgeous Pacific Palisades <clears throat> for $7.7 million in 2018. And according to the listing details, it was the perfect opportunity to tear down and build your dream home or construct an amazing remodel. So they're like, cool, we could build our dream home. Um, but they didn't want to do it. They were just like, eh. So they decided to put it back on the market in November 2019 for $8.35 million, which is kind of weird, right? Like they bought it just a year earlier for 7.7 and then they turn around, zero renovations in November 2019. They're like, we're going to put this back up for I mean, a million. You miss 100% <laughs> of the shots you don't take. They had to go for it. You know, home prices were going up, so I figured... They probably figured, um, let's get, let's increase ours. You can't, you can't increase the price once it's on the market. You can only decrease it. Yeah. So whatever. Um, no one bit. So they took it off. Um, and then the listing bounced back on the market in January, 2020. There were a few more price cuts. Um, and then the home finally sold last month at 6.5 million. Mm. So, from what they paid in 2018, 7.7 down to 6.5 million. Yeah. Well, well was what they ended up they missed, it for. So they missed the shot they did take. So it was, yeah, it was a bit of an air ball. Um, but you know, it's, I mean, they're, they're doing just fine. I think they have other homes yeah. and, um, <laughs> I mean, they're both wildly successful in the entertainment industry. So, uh, I think they'll be just fine, but you know, for that, for that price cut, for all the price cuts and then 
the eventual loss on the on the home, they are our losers of the week. Rachel, who's our winner? Our winner this week, we're going to go east. It's country music star Brad Paisley. Brad is our winner for selling 106 acres of land in Franklin, Tennessee. That's just right outside Nashville uh, for $2 million. This is way more than he and his wife, Kimberly Williams Paisley, bought it for uh, back in 2006. They bought it for $850,000 back in 2006, just sold it for $2 million. So that's a pretty profit. Um but yeah. it's it's weird. It's they never did anything really with the land. It's 106 acres of land and one small structure, right? Yeah, it's it's an 1,100 square foot structure that's supposedly on it, according to listing photos. Um, but yeah, no giant, beautiful Tennessee sprawling mansion. Mm-hmm. No, like nothing. Um, so. You have to wonder, like, why were they holding on to that land? Um, and then what all of a sudden made them, I guess they're after at 15 years, they're like, we don't need this anymore. Yeah, maybe they had plans. Apparently they are uh, donkey rescuers. And that's weird to call them that, like, really? it's an adjective. But they do, endo- they, they've started to rescue donkeys. Um they're okay. animal lovers, so maybe they wanted to do like a donkey rescue. Yes, I actually love that. Like, if yeah, that's my mom's dream. She's told me is to have like a dog rescue with just like a big plot of land, yeah. and then just have a bunch of dogs running I around. I can get down I get with that. that. Donkeys are a strange choice, but hey, I love animals, <laughs> all animals. So they <laughs> reportedly have um, another, like they have a home in Franklin, and it's been described as a two-story luxury log cabin so they Mm. have somewhere to live I'm not sure what again not sure what they were planning to do with these 106 acres and not sure why they don't see a need for them anymore but um yeah I'm sure some but some developer we don't know who bought it it may be a developer this is Franklin is a very very desirable area it's often been called you know, one of the the hottest markets in in the country. How how far away is Franklin from Nashville? Twenty minutes. Well, and okay. not with traffic, but um, yeah, it's just on the outskirts. Okay, so for people who, well, no, I guess if you're if you're priced out of Nashville, you're probably not moving to Franklin, right? Correct. Or or maybe no, it's a very it's, affluent it's known area. As like, That's where a lot of the okay, it is the affluent. country music stars and. Um, uh, I think Nicole Kidman and and Keith Urban live in in Franklin. Kelly Clarkson, uh, she Kelly, have a place there. Yeah, they were in Hendersonville, um, which is in a different area. Oh, but Hendersonville. Yeah, right. Franklin is uh, it's a hot spot for celebs. Well, uh, Brad Paisley and Kimberly Williams Paisley were able to benefit off of their sale. Um, they netted a nice little profit, and maybe they'll go. Save some more donkeys <laughs> with that with that million plus. And that is it for House Party. Thank you for joining us this week. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe so you get episodes delivered straight to your device. 
And if you could also do us a solid and give us a five-star rating and write a review that helps people find us, um, just go to your podcast app and let your thumbs do the talking. We really (laughs) appreciate it. I love that. Uh, You can also email us if you'd like to give us feedback there. We're podcast at realtor.com. Again, podcast at realtor.com. Or you can find us on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at housepartypod on all three. Thanks again to our guest, Paige Turner. We had so much fun interviewing you. And uh, thank you for joining us. We'll catch you later. Bye. Bye.